Welcome to Talking Robots, the podcast with an inside view on the science, technology, and business of intelligent robotics. Hi, I'm Sabine Howard from the Laboratory of Intelligent Systems at the EPFL in Lausanne, Switzerland. In this interview, we talk to José Halloy, who is researcher at the Unit of Social Ecology at the Université Libre de Bruxelles. A splash of perfume and a good model is what it takes to trick a group of pre-social cockroaches into thinking that the strange insects with wheels are part of the family. Hi, José. Welcome to Talking Robots. Hi, Sabine. You're welcome. With Gregory Sempo, you're the first author of a recent science journal paper on how mixed groups of robots and cockroaches can collectively decide on a common shelter. This is really exciting because it's the first time animals interact with robots in a self-organized manner. What were the goals and motivations of this project? So the, the idea we had is to interact with, um, with, to build devices that are intelligent, so they are capable of perceiving what the animals are doing and are capable of sending relevant messages to the, to the animals. And we would like to work with group living animals because group living animals uh, have a, a form of collective intelligence. This is well known for ages when people were looking at social insects like ants or bees. When you look at those colonies, they clearly show some kind of uh, collective intelligence. Uh, and the, the, the Belgian writer Metterling was uh, wondering where is the mind of the hive in the beginning of the 20th century in 1901. He wrote a book about the, the life of the bees, and he was wondering, where is the, where is the mind of the hive? Uh, who is it located? And uh, what we know now uh, today is that uh, part of their behavior is self-organized. Now, self-organization is a very broad concept and fuzzy. Um, by that, we mean that um, individuals have present some stochastic behavior. They interact with each other and with their environment. And there is a network of social feedbacks based on positive and negative feedbacks. And from that emerges what we call collective intelligence. So the idea is to build devices that are capable of talking to the mind of the hive, to, to, capable of interacting Uh, with those animals, and the first goal is to understand how it works. Do we understand the mechanisms? Can we play with it? And the second is, of course, uh, once we have a hybrid system, what can we do with a hybrid system composed of a collection of animals and collection of devices? So concretely, what are the animals and the robots which were used in this experiment? So we, 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 we're using um, cockroaches. So cockroaches are not social insects like um, um, bees or ants. And uh, why we're using cockroaches is because, of course, uh, they're a good experimental model. We can breed them easily in the lab, and their biology is rather well known. It's a, it's a classic uh, biological model. And it's also interesting because they are not social like bees and ants, and they are called in biology pre-social or gregarious. And nevertheless, we showed that they present some form of uh, collective intelligence, that they're capable using self-organized mechanisms to produce, uh, making decisions, for instance, for shelter selection and things like that. And moreover, the cockroaches that we use are the American ones, which are three to four centimeters large. So they're about the size of micro-robots that engineers can design today. So for all those reasons, it was an interesting model. 
So it's an insect model of a good size that we can do experiment. We have understood how they make decisions for uh, shelter selection, and engineers are capable of building uh, tiny robots that are capable of reproducing part of those uh, mechanisms. When you talk about shelter selection, well, what exactly do these cockroaches do? In fact, um, cockroaches are nocturnal insects, the species we are studying. So they're looking for dark places when the light is on uh, to rest. And so we do an experiments where there are two shelters, typically. There can be more, but with the robots, we use a two-shelter experiment. Either they are of equal quality, so they have no difference, no particular difference between the two shelters, and the light is on. So we, 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 we ask somehow a group of cockroaches composed of 10 to 16 individuals only, um, go around and look for a shelter. And they do that, and they all together end up in the same shelter. And now, because the shelters are of equal, uh, or equal quality, there is no particular reason to choosing left or right. And the fact that they all gather below uh, the same shelter means that there is some kind of agreement. There is a mechanism that makes the whole group uh, select one of the shelters. And that's typically the kind of experiments we do, because with those experiments, we can uh, uh, search for positive feedbacks or negative feedbacks present in the system. And we, we analyze those experiments to build mathematical models. And if the model is correct, then with that model, we can design new kind of experiments. And the model also serves as guidelines for, the, for designing uh, the artificial devices or the robots. And then the idea was to build a robot that is capable of reproducing this uh, small mathematical model. And if we establish a link between the cockroach and the robots, we were forecasting that, um, predicting that there, is a, uh, there will be a form of collective intelligence, um, irrespective if the robot or cockroaches, the whole group, the whole mixed group, were going to behave as, um, as, a, as a whole and select the same kind of shelters. Let's come back to the robots. How do you make a, a robot cockroach? So the, the first thing is that they don't have to look like cockroaches. Um, they have to look like cockroaches from the point of view of a cockroach. And that's typical of animal interaction. You have to find relevant cues in the eye or in the brain of the animal and not in the, in the brain or the eye of the human being that is looking at the system. So... Uh, visual recognition in cockroaches is not essential. Uh, of course, they have eyes, they see, but they don't recognize each other mainly by vision. They use smell. It's very common in insects and other kind of animals to use a chemical communication. It's an important uh, channel of communication for, for animals. And so they have these long antennas that are olfactory organs, and they can smell immediately if it's a cockroach and if, if that cockroach belongs to the same colony. So the idea was to build a, a small robot that doesn't look like a cockroach. It's look, it looks like a matchbox, but it's going to carry the, the, the chemical signal saying, I am a cockroach. And if we succeed that, and we did that, then when the cockroach encounters the robot, it smells it and say, okay, this thing is some kind of cockroach. I'm going to interact with it. And in terms of uh, sensors and actuators on the robot? So the, 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 the robot has a, a small uh, linear camera in, in the front, so it's perceiving in black and in gray, level of gray is what's going on in front of it. Then it has infrared sensors on all faces 
of, of the robot, three, three per faces, and those infrared sensors and emitters uh, send and, and feel back what's coming uh, from the sensors, and so they can tell if they encounter an object or another robot or a cockroach. And then they have uh, photo detectors on the, on the top face, so uh, they can uh, measure the amount of light, and so they can tell if there is um, uh, um, a shelter, a darker, uh, the, and what's the darkness of the shelter, and to adapt its behavior according to the, the level of darkness of, of darkness in, of the system. And then they are on two wheels, so they they go around in a in a kind of random walk uh, on two wheels. So you mix these robots with the, with the cockroaches in the shelter selection experiments. How could the robots influence the the choice of the of the system? So we select those the, 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 these experiments because we had this model, and the model says that the cockroaches make their decisions based on the presence of others. Uh, they, when they go around, they encounter randomly the, the shelters, and then, of course, they detect it's a dark place because they have eyes. So say, okay, I'm going to rest longer, a longer time here. And then they feel uh, the presence of other cockroaches by smell, probably, And, and they ad adapt their resting time to the presence of others. No, this adaptation is not linear. It's a nonlinear feedback. And that's ma that makes the whole system uh, decide to rest as a group uh, in a common place. And so the, idea, the, so the, the mere presence of the robot is going to influence uh, the, the, co the cockroach decision. So the, the robot walks around. Uh, it perceives also the presence of the shelters through by its darkness. It, it, it mimics the model, so it modulates its resting time according to the darkness of the place, and then it looks around for the presence of others like robots or cockroaches and adapts its, its uh, residence times to the number of individuals present around it locally. And that's the way cockroaches do also. This is a simple interaction. So the mere presence of another individual perceived as belonging to the group influences the whole decision. So could you make them choose, for example, a shelter which would not at all have been their, their favorite one? Yeah, that's, that, exactly. That's the idea. In fact, uh, once we have uh, established a link between the devices and the animals, it's possible either to modulate the existing social feedbacks, so we are using the same kind of feedbacks, but we modulate them uh, by sending relevant messages, or by, in this case by just being present and being present telling I am a cockroach. And then also we can uh, um, um, design system where we add new social feedbacks in the system. Uh, we haven't studied that experimentally, but it's, it, that's the idea, is you add a device that is going to not only modulate the existing social feedbacks, but introduce new kind of feedbacks. And we know when we do that with self-organized uh, self mechanism, we are changing the steady state, so changing the kind of global pattern that is going to emerge in the system. And so the idea in, uh, we had experimentally is we take uh, a dark shelter and a lighter one. Cockroaches tend to prefer the darker places. So they're going to select the dark place in 75% of the cases. And in 25% of the cases, they're going to select the lighter one because the difference in, in darkness of the two shelters is not very strong. Then we take the robots, and we know if we program to behave the way the cockroaches do, the whole group is going to select 
most of the time the dark shelter. But this time we program the robots to prefer, individually prefer, the lighter one. And what we observe is that now the, the whole group, the mixed group of cockroaches and robots, they select in, in 60% of the cases the lighter shelter instead of 25% uh, the cockroaches alone. Uh, and nevertheless, in 40% of the cases, the whole group, the cockroaches and the robots, select the, the darker one. And there you see that even if the robots are programmed to prefer individually the lighter shelter, they are nevertheless driven somehow by the group to select the, the darker one. And, and the other way around, uh, even if the cockroaches prefer to be in the dark place, because they take into account social interaction, the whole group is nevertheless uh, going to select most of the time the lighter one. So this is a, a kind of modulation, a simple effect of modulating the existing steady state and to make the whole group flip from decisions on, from selecting most of the time the, the darker one instead of the lighter one. What could be the applications of building a mixed group of, of robots and, and insects? So for the moment, we are not really looking for application. We are just wondering what can we do now. We, we find a, a some, somehow a way to talk to the mind of the hive to interact with it. And so we use it to understand how does it work? How do animals use? What kind of mechanisms do they use to make collective decisions? The second thing is that now we have a hybrid system. And, and it's completely new. If, if it works, uh, what can we do with such hybrid system? And the, the idea is also to manage. Well, the first idea that comes to mind is to manage group living animals. So now we know that there are many group living animals, uh, either wild or even the, the domestic ones. Most of the animals we breed uh, are, uh, are group living animals. Uh, when you think of cows, sheep, uh, poultry and so on, all those animals have been selected for agriculture because they're living groups and they're easy to manage. So the, we, we can dream of building uh, artificial devices that are capable of interacting with animals, be them wild or uh, domestic, and to modulate their behavior, uh, modulate their behavior in a natural way. Uh, because the, the way the, the devices are going to interact with the animals is using natural communication channels. And so by those modulations, we can manage um, the, anim the group living animals. But that's a long-term aim, because we are not looking for the moment for specific application. We are looking to understand how can we build such hybrid systems. Using robots is usually already quite difficult. They break down, etc. But then you put animals in the picture, and I'm, I'm thinking that this must be even much more challenging. Uh, what, in your opinion, are the challenges with mixing robots and animals? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge, it's a, it is a huge challenge. For the, the first difficult, the, the main difficult part is to find appropriate communication channels. So for the insects, we, we, we went for chemical communication, and it's completely underestimated the, the use of chemical communication in artificial system. So that's a, that's a, a very interesting uh, research topic. And uh, on, the, on the artificial side, we don't have yet uh, sophisticated uh, devices that are capable of perceiving and communicating chemically. And if we build uh, those systems, we could have a very interesting communication channels. Then we have to look for other kind of communication channels. It's always a challenge to identify what kind of signals should the machine send to the animal to be understood. And second, like you mentioned, uh, the more 
uh, robots are fragile for the moment. When you compare the capabilities of uh, existing robots to what animals can do, I mean, they outperform. And so in terms of mobility, for instance, uh, robots are completely useless in a natural environment uh, of the animals. So um, what we think is that we shouldn't focus on autonomous, on mobile autonomous robot. We should see uh, the robotic system as a collection of devices, actuators and sensors, distributed in the environment of the animal. And, it's, and it's, it doesn't mean necessarily um, uh, autonomous mobile robot. It can be any devices embedded in the environment that is capable of perceiving and sending relevant signals to the animals. So it can be static devices. Um, it can be devices that, are, um, uh, that the animals can carry. And, of course, it can be um, mobile devices. But in natural environment, for the moment, mobility of robots is a huge challenge. So we shouldn't focus on uh, mobile robots. Uh, any kind of devices that we can embed in the natural environment of animals will do the trick. Let's talk a bit about the future now. Uh, more generally, uh, are you looking to apply this to other groups of animals? Yes, yeah, sure. So the, our idea is that any group living animal that is producing some form of collective intelligence, uh, we could use the same way to study them and to, con- to, to interact with them. So the answer to how do we talk to the mind of the hive, again, is, is, is fairly straightforward in the kind of models we do, is you dial random numbers, so you, spray, you spread uh, uh, devices in their environment that are randomly interacting with them, but with the appropriate social feedbacks, those famous positive and negative feedbacks. And, and of course, the devices have to send relevant cues and to be perceived uh, by the animals as a member of the group or, or sending relevant uh, signals. And so uh, now we are going for vertebrates. And in the next step, we, we would like to study uh, chicken because chicken is also, are also a very good uh, model uh, from a biological point of view. They are not using so much uh, smell in the kind of experiments we are going to do, but they use vision and probably sound. And so now this, this is a new challenge. What kind of interaction can we build with uh, uh, devices, artificial devices, that are going to send relevant signals to the group of chicken that have to interact? And so why we also um, select uh, those animals, it's because uh, it's more interesting. To, it's also a new challenge to interact with vertebrates because they have higher cognitive capabilities than uh, the insects, let's say, when we, you compare them. And so they address new questions. In the kind of birds, the, the, to establish, to be sure to have a link between the, the machines and the animals, we are going to use the maternal learning printing effect, which makes the birds, when they hatch from their eggs, the, the, the first thing they see, they think it's the mother. And so it will be the robot. And the idea is then, once we have established that link, which is a, a link of leadership, so this time the robot is going to be some kind of leader of the system, a surrogate mother. And then we have a combination of self-organization and leadership. And so it's, it opens a new range of questions. But for the moment, we are still just designing the robot and thinking what kind of experiment we can build with such hybrid system. 20 years from now, in which fields will robotics in general have had the biggest impact on our lives? 
Well, it depends how do you define a robot. I think uh, um, most of the time people focus on uh, autonomous mobile robots. And but if you define robots are um, a device, a machine that is capable of sensing, adapting its behavior to what it's sensing, and actuating, acting on its environment, then it can be very broad because you see you, you have those. Uh, those robots that are vacuum cleaners or lawn mowers and so on for the moment coming. But in, in terms of domestic appliance, anything can be a robot. I think I'm just wondering why we have so much, so little awareness of those devices like my fridge, my dishwasher or anything. Those, those devices are not at all capable of perceiving anything for the moment. And, you can, and for me, in the next 50 years, all those devices are going to be able to perceive and to act on their environment. And you may, uh, I see very well that uh, robots in defined that way are going to be very common. I mean, why my fridge is not doing the shopping list? It's uh, th something amazing, but uh, it's, I'm sure it's possible now from a technical, technological point of view. And so people are for the moment focusing on those humanoid um, robots. Um, I study animal behavior, and I'm not impressed by those humanoid robots because in terms of intelligence, of course, in terms of mechanical walking properties, there have been tremendous progress. No people are capable of building robots that walk like human beings nearly. So it's that from the mechanical point of view, it's very impressive. But from an intelligence point of view, they are nowhere. Those robots have zero uh, independence. Um, I don't, they're not producing, in my point of view, uh, interesting um, uh, behavior. But on the other hand, all kind of devices that are not at all humanoid can be robotized very more easily. And I see that's the way I think robots is going to be present and pervasive in our uh, uh, everyday life. Is a collection of devices embedded in our environment that are capable of perceiving what we are doing and adapting their behavior co correspondingly. Thanks, José, for being here with us on Talking Robots. Thank you for inviting me. That was José Halloy on Social Robot Cockroaches. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you in two weeks. Talking Robots, the inside view on robotics. For more information on past and upcoming podcasts, visit our website at lis.epfl.ch. <laughs>